0: Good morning. Let's stand all over the house this morning and let's sing this old hymn of the church. It gets sweeter as the days go by. This, we'll jump right into our meet and greet this morning together. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, we worship you, and we glorify your name. Father, we pray you would bless this offering we're about to receive. Bless the gift and the giver. Bless those that have to give and those that may not have to give. If there's someone here today, Lord, who cannot give, we pray at some point in time, Lord, you would bless them to be able to give so they can show their love and devotion to you. Lord, we pray for the remaining portion of the service. Be with every singer, be with every instrumentalist, every speaker today. That everything we do be for the upbuilding and the glory honor of the kingdom of God. In Christ's name we pray. The people of God together said amen. 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 During this meet and greet, will you bring your tithes and offerings. God bless. way back to your seats this morning. You may be seated briefly. I just want to make a couple housekeeping items uh, this morning uh, to you just to uh, make you aware. Uh, Please don't forget if you brought children to uh, this morning, please make sure you sign them out before you leave today uh, to make sure we know that the right people are picking up the right children. Uh, Also, we want to let you know Easter egg extravaganza is coming up uh, on April the 8th. Uh, We are finalizing all of the nuts and bolts of that but uh, we are already beginning to uh, start collecting candy so if you see candy go on sale if you're a BJ's shopper or a Sam's shopper uh, you know or you've got some kind of Amazon Prime and you can get it two-day shipping whatever you want to do if you see candy go on sale we we really don't care it can be a last year's candy we won't tell them it's expired just bring it will we'll, they won't care cavities come in all forms and fashions it doesn't matter there is no expiration date on cavities it just comes so make sure you help us with that um, as well um, and uh, we want to make mention of that as well i'll uh, let me say to all those that are all streaming online i know a lot of folks today are streaming online uh, the craven family all six of them five or six of them are sick today with some kind of bug the five harleys are not here today they've got a stomach bug sister lila faye's not here because she's got a sinus infection so, I mean, everybody's just dealing with uh, the, uh, this nice um, yellow snow that we have outside and uh, called pollen, and uh, it's really making everybody flare up. Most of us in here sound like smokers. We don't teach that in the Church of God, but most of you sound like you have smoking problems because you're coughing and hacking, and uh, you don't have COVID. You're just, you have pollen, and so we want to make mention of that. Um, all of the information that uh, you need to know about things coming up at the church is on the website. Don't forget that. Today we have a special guest with us today, um, Bishop Chad and Jennifer Fickett. They are our Directors of Youth and Discipleship for the state of South Carolina are with us. We were supposed to have them in February, but some things got uh, changed uh, doing state work. Sometimes you get called to do things on the fly pretty quickly, and uh, he had to uh, uh, make some adjustments on his schedule back then. And so, uh, But they will be with us today. We'll give more information of them shortly. Um, and uh, sister Jennifer will also be singing for us here in just a few moments for those that are first-time guests if you're a first-time guest, Thank you for visiting with us today. We hope that you uh, feel right at home You'll come again if you need anything Please let one of our hospitality team members know most of them have some kind of badge Some of them are in the foyer some of them are walking the property They're pretty easy to spot because they're always moving around somewhere all the time Some of them are in the building, but they'll look out for you if uh, you need so to do that I'm going to ask those lead scripture and prayer if they'll go ahead and make their way this morning to do that. And immediately following scripture and prayer, uh, we'll have uh, Sister Jennifer come and lead us in her song today. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen.
1: Philippians chapter two, looking at verses fourteen. Paul's admonishing us to be a a light in a dark world. He says, Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Paul makes it it, uh, easy to understand that we'd be the light in this world, that we might, again, proclaim Christ. I want to go to the Lord in prayer. And... um, I want us all to pray. Let's ask God to to have his way in this sanctuary. Um, I don't know about you, but when I come to church, I want to feel God. I want to feel his presence. And I love being among God's people. Let's pray. Father, again, we're thankful, Lord, always for For your mercy and your grace. Lord, we're thankful for your love most of all. Father, we pray, Lord, that you would visit your people today, Lord. Lord, that we might leave this place, Lord, Lift it up proclaiming the, the truth and the gospel of jesus christ father touch every part of this service we pray and lord we'd be careful to thank you for all that you do lord touch this special guest this morning i pray i pray lord that your anointing your spirit and your power be upon him lord and presents your truth and again lord we're thankful for all that you do be with us today in christ's name we pray amen can we give a sanity circle welcome sister jennifer comes to sing for us this
2: morning It's so good to be with all of you this morning. Um, Chad had to remind me to make an announcement for Girls Day Out. It's coming up April 15th. Um, We're going to have a lot of fun. It's been a few years since we've been able to have one. So it's going to be so much fun. We've got lots of plans going in. And they're going. I don't know. I'm, I'm not making sense this morning. It, it, did you lose the hour? Do you feel like you lost the hour? Because I feel like I lost the hour. Anyway, It is going to be so much fun. We have lots of activities and for all age groups. So if you'd like more information, feel free to ask me. I'll be more than willing to talk to you about it.
0: Let's stand all over the house this morning. Let's go back into worship this morning. The psalmist David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. This uh, song arranged by, arranged by Carol Symbol and the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir was uh, made famous back in the early 90s. But we want to sing it this morning. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the
2: house of the Lord.
0: opportunity to introduce our guest speaker to you before we go into praise and worship. Please watch this video. Santee Circle Church of God, this morning we are privileged to host Bishop Chad and Jennifer Fickett in our services today. The Ficketts currently serve as the Youth and Discipleship Directors for the Churches of God in South Carolina. While growing up in a minister's home in Augusta, Maine, Bishop Fickett's life was changed and transformed by Jesus Christ at the age of 12. At 13, upon receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and being called into the ministry, Bishop Fickett began to preach. He attended the East Coast Bible College in Charlotte, North Carolina, where he majored in biblical studies to prepare himself for the calling Christ had placed upon him. He was able to return home to minister to the youth at the Christian Ridge Church of God in Ellsworth, Maine. Pastor Fickett has served as a youth pastor at the Rockville Church of God, assistant pastor at Princeton Church of God, and was able to replant the Living Hope Church of God in Laurel, Maryland. He also served as the senior pastor at the Graysonville Church of God, where he completed the construction of a new sanctuary. In 2001, Bishop Fickett was bestowed with his highest honor. He was able to marry the love of his life, Sister Jennifer Taylor Fickett. Their goal has been to make the church community develop into a motivated body of believers in their united efforts. While pastoring the Graysonville Church of God, the Ficketts was asked to lead the pastorate role and to serve as the Youth and Discipleship Directors of Eastern Canada. Serving in the Youth and Discipleship Directors Chair now gives them great opportunities to sow into others' lives and develop opportunities for others to encounter Christ. Their heart is to win students to Jesus, mentor them in the faith, and send them out in Holy Spirit empowered ministry. He is passionate that the church reaches and raises up students by mentoring each young leader to have an immediate and future impact. The Fickets have been blessed to serve as the Youth and Discipleship Directors in Eastern Canada, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Texas, and now the great state of South Carolina. Bishop Fickett has chaired and co-chaired various committees within the churches of God. He, along with his wife, Sister Jennifer, are incredible singers and communicators. Their desire is to be messengers of hope. Pastor Fickett's favorite verse, 1 Peter 1 and 3, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The Fickett strive to give every person the same opportunity to encounter Christ just as they did. Santee Circle Church of God. The next voice you'll hear after the praise and worship will be that of Bishop Chad and Jennifer Fickett. Can we give them a Santee Circle welcome at this time? of God we feel in this place today we glorify you Lord we magnify your name Bishop Fickett makes his way. Can you just lift your hands all over the house and just tell the Lord how much you love him. We love you, Lord.
3: Jonathan, do you remember that old song, His Name is Wonderful? His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. Jesus my Lord. Praise to place. I know you don't know me and I don't know you but I know the presence of the Lord and I know that the presence of the Lord has walked into this place and I feel him right now and I have absolutely no urgency to move past this moment right now. I have no desire to leave this moment right now. The world is dark out there. There are dark things going on And when you and I get a chance to come in and be together and just love on Jesus together, we need to take every moment and just sit in His presence. Can you lift both hands and just say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you today. You are wonderful. You are worthy. You are our healer. You're our deliverer. You're our soon-coming King, and we worship you and we praise you. Lord, God, we give you great praise for what's going to happen here today. Almighty God is He, ready for this, bow down before Him, love and say praise the lord isn't the lord good this morning praise the lord look at your neighbor and say you look really good you look even better now that you're in church come on do it look at your neighbor and say you look really good you look even better come on husbands and wives just sit next to each other that's a great opportunity right there to love on your spouse just a little bit you may be seated god is good god is good and god is in this place amen well, thank you Pastor Vaughn and Sister Vaughn for making us feel so welcome. He came in today and he he handed me that basket over there. His beautiful wife handed me that basket and uh, a little love offering and I said, "But you haven't seen how whether or not I'm good yet. Whether or not I've been able to do it." He said that's that's just uh, to sure it up, to make sure 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 it's going to be good, but Jonathan, it's so good to be with you, brother. It's it's uh, we've we've go we actually go back a few years. We go back a ways. So, uh, what a talent too, don't you? Aren't you blessed with your pastor and his talent and his family and all the music that happened here today? I'm telling you, the music was. Jennifer, and I, Jennifer, if we drove anything, we just drove for that music right there. That was some good music. And my beautiful wife, Jennifer, is here, and she is excited about Girls' Day Out. Now, if you want to sign up, young ladies, you need to sign up now. We already have 500 registered. So it's going to be a jam-packed day of fun and food. And we've got a boys' camp out right around the corner in March, right up here at the PD campground. Don't forget that, March 31st, April 2nd. Let me tell you something. Don't sit back and just complain about there being an attack on our children, but not get your children to events where there is godly content and where we train them to be godly people. Amen? Help us out with that. Get involved. We've got some youth camp rallies coming up, our youth leaders conference. And then also don't forget, right around the corner, youth camp time. PD youth camp. You don't want to miss it. You want to be a part of it. We are going to have a great time. Can I just tell you what God did last year? Uh, Last year at youth camp, I want you to know this, we had 1,200 kids came to youth camp last year at a Church of God, South Carolina camp. (laughs) South Carolina knows how to do youth camp, and uh, I'm privileged to be a part of it. We had, let me put my reading glasses on, we had 137 give their lives to Jesus Christ for the very first time. We had 308 sanctified, set apart for the use of God's kingdom. We had 176 get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We had 408 kids rededicate their lives to Jesus Christ at youth camp last year. We had 157 say, I feel called into full-time ministry. We need to raise up some young people that will carry the banner into the next generation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? We need that to happen. Can I tell you this? I don't know if you know it, but the Church of God, we still also believe in healing. We still believe God can divinely touch our bodies and heal us. And this year at youth camp, we had two instances where God physically healed kids at youth camp. We had a young man who came forward. He said that in my family, I should be this size right now. The doctors are looking at it. They can't figure out. They think, Pastor Jonathan, I might have a tumor is what he told me. He came forward during a Thursday night youth camp service. God slayed him out. The Holy Spirit started working on him. And two weeks later, I got a report from his youth pastor who said he's grown six inches since youth camp. Nobody can explain it. God has done a great work in his life. God still heals. He loves his people, and he'll do that for them. So we just had a great year at youth camp last year. I pray you'll be a part. I pray you'll come out to camp meeting. I do bring you greetings on behalf of Bishop Bruce Rabin. Sends your love today. Our overseer is doing a great job. But also I just want to remind you of something we do in the Church of God in youth ministry. We do this thing called YWA. It's Youth World Evangelism Action. And I'm going to let him uh, show the video at some other time, but I'm going to promote it right now if that's okay we have this beautiful project actually it's a five-fold project in latin america we are going to quito ecuador to help our university down there we have a bible college in quito ecuador and during covid how many of you know governments around the world got really crazy during covid they got really power hungry and they shut everything down it was even worse in ecuador than it was here for us in america And they literally shut down our Bible college for two years. Nobody was allowed to go on the campus. Nobody was allowed to. And and so the buildings, how many of you know buildings like that over time? So we're going in there. We're helping to repair it, to replenish it so that God will train young people in Ecuador that will reach all of Latin America. A second, pro- a second project that is really near and dear to my heart. I don't know if you go to the next slide. I can't remember what I sent you. I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm, uh,
4: uh, they, well, let's just show the video. That's simple enough, isn't it? I'm here in Quito, Ecuador at Sud, which is the centralized South American Church of God seminary where they raise up, train up, and develop leaders from all over Latin America. And they have been doing this for the past 40 years. Our focus for YWEA 2023 here is to provide scholarships for students to have education, hands-on ministerial experience, and even just community inside of Semisud.
1: Semisud
5: came into my life as a light of hope and a testament to God's grace. At 16 years old, I lost both my parents to cancer. During that time, me Sood served as an open door with a family that provided a scholarship so i could study here and get equipped in the ministry track that opened up a door for me to also work with children through the church of god
4: we're also looking at updating the technology here on campus to help increase their online class experience as well as student development This will allow for the mission and vision of Semisu to continue outside of the walls of the campus, despite perhaps the pandemic or other economic challenges. There are 3,700 Church of God congregations in Guatemala. The Guatemalan Pentecostal Bible Seminary is located in the heart of Guatemala City, and they are educating, equipping, and sending out ministers all over Central America. YWEA will assist with updating their infrastructure, technology, and meeting other critical needs around their campus to further the Great Commission. Within the southern region of Brazil, YWEA is establishing a ministry training center. This brand new building project will be home to the ministry training center and also a new life-giving Church of God congregation. This new congregation will be meeting the needs of their local community by feeding, clothing, and serving the disenfranchised. While at the same time, the ministry training center will be sending laborers all over Brazil. Guadalajara, Mexico has the highest number of abortions in Latin America. YWEA, we're stepping in to support a prenatal care center for pregnant women this is a place where low-income pregnant women teens and even preteens are treated with love and respect after delivery this center supports the mother and the baby by providing food clothing and basic training on just how to be a mother and connecting them to a local church of god community Haven of Hope Orphanage is located in Santa Cruz, Bolivia. This place is doing so much to rescue orphans and at-risk children.
5: At Haven of Hope, we receive children who have been sexually abused. They've been abandoned and neglected. We provide a family in a safe place where they feel loved and cared for. We also help them overcome trauma through therapy and Christian discipleship so they can one day reach their dreams.
4: More than just a warm meal and a safe place to sleep, Haven of Hope creates a sense of belonging and becomes a family. Thank you so much for your support of YWA 2023. You're making a difference in ministries all over the world, from Africa to Europe to Asia to the Caribbean, and this year we're in Latin America, Conexion. Connecting people to the Great Commission, hearing the truth about who Jesus is. We're raising up leaders and ministers in Quito, Ecuador, in Guatemala, in Brazil. We have an incredible orphanage we're supporting in Bolivia, the Haven of Hope Orphanage, and the prenatal care center to women and unborn children in Guadalajara, Mexico, making such a huge difference. But we can't do it without you. And I want to say thank you for your support. Since 1962, youth in the Church of God have been making a huge difference. This year is no exception. We love you, we are thankful for you, and we give God praise. Dios te bendiga y muchos gracias.
3: So there's a quick synopsis of the five projects. When you saw that video at the end, this is something I'm passionate about. You say, "What well, are you going to preach to us today? Yes, I am. I'm going to preach, okay? But I want to get the word out to get your help and support for this project. That last project in Bolivia. Did anybody see the little girl laying on the bed with a piece of bread in her hands? Let me explain why that is. They rescue street kids who have no idea where their next meal is coming from. And he said to a person, and I met and interviewed Pastor Marco, and he said to a person, every kid that they rescue, they come in, they give them a piece of bread. It's the first thing to show them that they're going to get fed there. But almost all of those children refuse to eat that bread they hold on to it and they sleep with it so that the next morning when they wake up they know they've got something to eat how many of you know there are people in this world that are making a difference with the gospel of Jesus Christ and they are doing it in dark places so I'm gonna uh, let Pastor Jonathan talk to you later about how you can give an offering to YWA if you want to connect with him, and or if you want to take up an offering, or you can go to our website and just check it out for yourself, www.cogyd.org, and look for YWA, and get get involved, be a part. It's a wonderful project. It's a wonderful program. Okay, go with me to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Matthew 28, verses 11, 28. Matthew 11, excuse me, 28 through 30. Can you stand with me one more time as we read the word? And then I'll let you sit and I'll do the rest of the work. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Thank you, Pastor Jonathan, for inviting us. It was such a joy. And I do apologize for the... uh supposed to be here a few weeks ago, but when the bishop calls, the bishop calls. Amen. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Then Jesus said pretty emphatic. Three words lets us know that there's some serious authority that's speaking here. Amen. Then who said? Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness to us. Help us as we preach this word. May something lift someone's heart today, lift someone's soul today, lift their mind. Father, let your presence move in this place today. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. You may be seated. It's interesting to know that all of us have different sleep patterns. Did you know that? All of us sleep in different ways, in different shapes and forms, and it's very weird at times. Can I just tell some of you? Did you know 41% of people sleep in the fetal position? I'm the youth director, so I can have a little fun, okay? Uh, they sleep in the fetal position. Psychologists tell us that these people are gruff initially, but they warm up to you real quick. Anybody know anybody like that? No? Okay. Okay. Uh, How many of you sleep with someone that sleeps like a log? Anybody? No, people are looking around, but they're afraid to say anything. These people supposedly, according to psychologists, are social butterflies. I don't know how much of this I believe, but it's quite interesting. Then there's the yearner. The yearner is sort of that person that sleeps with their hands out like this at their side, and they look very sweet when they're sleeping. They're perceived as open, but they're truly suspicious of everyone. They're looking at everyone. How many of you sleep with a free-fall person? When you go to sleep at night, they're in one position. When you wake up the next day, they're at the bottom of the bed, or they're on the floor, or they're all over here. These people are fun and fantastic at parties. You want them involved, man. They will have a good time. Then there's the starfish. How many of you have a husband or wife that accidentally kicks you during the night sometimes? That, they're just all over the place. These people are called excellent listeners, excellent listeners. Well, I don't know how much of that is true, and there's a lot of information that goes into sleep today. Did you know there's so much that goes into the science of sleep, more than any other generation? It's because we live in a tired generation. We live with tired people. But hear me, they're not tired in their body. They're tired in their soul. They're tired in their spirit. This could be called the tired generation. Everyone thought when COVID first hit, that's good, I'll get a couple weeks off. Paid vacation. (laughs) And then as that began to drag on, how many of you felt more tired staying in the house all the time? My wife got really tired of looking at me by the third week. She wanted to go to Target, and all the ladies said, Amen. And uh, we, we went through that, and people thought, well, I'll get some rest. I'll relax. I'll restore. I'll regenerate. But nothing ever happens. They come out of that vacation. They come out of it more tired than ever. We have TV shows now called Late Night late late night and up all night I mean there's no time for people just to get rest to sleep and to become rested the greatest problem in America today is not the tiredness of our bodies and the tiredness of our minds but the tiredness of our souls we're tired in our nation over evil that seems to go unchecked and no justice We're tired over corruption, we're tired over terrorism, we're tired over people who do evil things and don't seem to pay the price, we're tired over everything. And the problem is, even in the church, hear me today, I know some of you have already checked out because you thought this is a salvation message and I'm good here. But I think there's a lot of people who serve Jesus a long time and forget the power of this verse because they get caught up in their own routine and religion becomes part of the routine and all of a sudden they're trying to figure out how is it that I say I'm a Christian but I'm just as tired as everybody else that I work with. Because we miss out on a few things. Our families suffer from the tiredness of soul. Children now grow up neglected or hurt. They grow up in broken homes. Parents try to fill their lives with busyness. Extended work hours. Children don't have direction. There's nobody in the house to give them direction. Our fathers aren't fathers anymore. Our fathers sit back and wait for the wife to nod. I saw a video the other day. I loved it. A little boy fell off his chair. Mama went to run in and pick him up. But this man said, no, my boy's going to learn to be a man. And she, he pushed her away. And this boy, believe it or not, without crying, reached up, grabbed the seat, pulled himself right back up. Now that's a good father. That's a father teaching a young boy how to be a man. And what we have today, though, is we have this broken down idea of what the family is. And some of us think because we come to church, it's not in our homes. But it is. It is because we lose out. When we decide, God, I know how to fix this problem. Oh, I'm preaching now. Somebody help me. God, I know how to fix the problem. A situation comes into your life and you think, I know how to do it. I've got the answer. I'll consult with the doctor. I'll talk to him. I'll talk to her. I'll get it all figured out. And then at the end of the day, you're just as tired as you have ever been. Why? Because you forgot the first three words of this verse. Jesus said, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said it. There is no rest found in this world. There is no rest found in vacation. There is no rest found in sleep. There is no rest found in just being quiet Only rest you can find for your soul is at the foot of Jesus Christ Giving Him all your burdens Giving Him everything that you're worried about And laying it down at His feet I'm sorry but I sensed a church that likes to have a little preach So I feel it now all of a sudden There's two things that I like about this verse Number one it tells us that there's rest for the weary Rest for the weary You know, I love the source of the invitation too. When you go to your mailbox and you pull out a card, let's say it's a graduation card, and you open it, what's the first thing all of you do? You look for the name. You look for who sent me this invitation. You don't want to show up at a party that you don't know who they are. You look to see who sent the invitation. This is an invitation this morning in this verse. Let's just look at the person who sent the invitation. His name was Jesus. The greatest secret to finding rest for every human soul is at the foot of Jesus. Jesus said, come unto me. Come to me. He simply is declaring to find rest for your soul. There's only one place to get it. Not from this person or that person, but in Him. Can I just preach to the church today? You know, sometimes we get it mixed up. Sometimes we get it mixed up. We tell the person who's drinking, stay away from the bottle. Now that's good advice, I'll agree with you We tell the person who smokes, stay away from the cigarettes That's good advice, I'll give it to you But at the end of the day, none of that brings them deliverance None of that brings them freedom None of that brings them wholeness or healing The only rest that they truly find is Jesus I got news for you, you get them to Jesus They'll put the bottle down You get them to Jesus, they'll leave the things of this world And they'll put them away But when you show up as a religious person As a church person And you just continue to lay stuff upon top of them. They're already weighed down. They're already burdened down. And you say, well, you got to do this and you got to do that. Listen to me. All you need to do to tell somebody about Jesus is tell them, I don't know what's going on in your life, but you look a little tired. You look a little weary. I don't know who's sick in your family, but can I tell you, I know a healer. I know a deliverer. I know somebody that could set you free. And I don't know how he gets it all worked out. I don't know that how all the answers work for your life, but I can tell you this, Jesus is the answer for your life. Jesus Himself, we've identified who's speaking here, haven't we? Jesus said, we've identified who's speaking here. And He is declaring, there is no rest outside of Him. Outside of Him. Now, I know you're live streaming, so I've got to be careful, but I've been the youth director in several states. And one of the things that an overseer does is he calls you sometimes. We'll have three or four churches that need help on a Sunday morning, and we've got to go in different directions. And Sometimes the overseer invites you to go in and help place a pastor. Find a pastor for a local congregation. And Pastor Jonathan, I can tell you over the years, the, 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 uh, the questions that never get asked me is, how's his heart? Does he love people? Does he want to reach the community for Jesus? No, the first question is, does he have a degree? Is he a businessman? Has he written a book? How's his family? All of these questions are important. Don't misunderstand. Give me the evil eye. Don't do that. All of them are important. But look at the person who just said the only way you can find rest And you tell me what he has to his name. He's a man who's born in a village full of poverty. He is the child of a poor woman. He grows up in a poor village where he works in a carpenter shop until he was 30. And then for three years, he's an itinerant preacher. He don't own a home. Some of y'all wouldn't have hired him as your pastor because he never stayed in one place. He never wrote a book, Jesus never held office, he never had a family, and he never owned a home, he never set foot inside a big city, he never traveled 200 miles from the place he was born, he did none of the things that usually accompany greatness that we want in someone leading us. He was still a young man when popular opinion turned against him. His friends deserted him. He was turned over to his enemies and he went through a farce of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. He was dying while people gambled for the only piece of property he had. And when he was dead, even the grave they put him in wasn't his. And yet, In all the centuries that have come and gone since this man, none of the central figures of the human race and all of the armies that have ever marched and all of the navies that have ever sailed and all the governments and presidents and mayors and kings that have ever sat on thrones have not affected the life of humankind like this man named Jesus and Jesus is the one who says, I don't have a title. I've never written a book. I grew up in a poor village, but I'll tell you this if you want true rest, come unto me. All you that labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto me, but under the Father, but my me. The world still. And in the last few years, the church has tried to do the world thing. We've tried to add things and say, well, this is of God. And then they don't bring rest. The world tries to find rest in so many places. How many of you have been on vacation? You know what I'm talking about. They build big resort areas. I like a good resort area. Amen. Anybody? I'm the only one. You know it's a good resort here. When you wake up in the morning, you go for coffee, and you see that buffet. Glory to God. Somebody raise your hand and say, praise the Lord for the buffet. You get that. But resort areas, we build resort areas, sport events. We were directors in Texas. And I'm telling you, you'd go into the Cowboy Stadium, and you would just look around and go, oh, my goodness, it is amazing. There's a fine arts museum in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. There's a crystal museum in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. And when I went there, I thought this was a football place. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But you sit there and you look up and you go, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. They seek out philosophies, whether you know it or not, in America, because sometimes as believers we sit in our little shell. But there are cults popping up every day all over the world for people who want to find any other source for rest but Jesus. The Mormons can't give you rest. The Jehovah Witness can't give you rest. The Baha faith can't give you rest. I could go down through a list of cults today and tell you that they can't give you rest. Oh, they try. They try, they take scripture, they try to line it up and make it look as close as they can, but at the end of the day, when it comes down to it, there's no scripture in their book about kneeling at the feet of Jesus and saying, Father, you are Lord of my life and finding rest. My job as a youth director, I deal with young people. 68% of 12 graders have tried alcohol. 34. 8% of 12th graders drank to the point where they passed out last month. I I can go through this whole list and just see things after things and say, those people are trying to find rest. The church sometimes, we want to write off people who are struggling with drugs and alcohol. We want to put them over here and say, well, that's just that sector of society. I got news for you. Those people started because they were hurting and they couldn't find rest. And now they're knee deep in a drug addiction that is full of the devils from hell. Somebody say amen. And they need somebody to point them to Jesus. And we point at children and we say they're messed up and they're doing. Really, is that the case? Because 80% of adults in America are addicted to some kind of painkiller. He said, why are you preaching this this day? Because I'm trying to wake the church up. I'm trying to help us realize that while we're in our four walls having church, there's people out there that are hurting, and they don't need you to be a theologian. They don't need you to be a philosopher. You don't have to have all of the scriptures memorized from Genesis to Revelation. But when you see somebody tired and hurting, you've got to lift up the name of Jesus and say, I know somebody who said if you'll just get to him, he'll give you rest. I love in verse 28, too, whom Jesus invites. Jesus invites people to the party that you and I wouldn't invite to the party. He said, I will give you rest. All of you who are weary, the King James says heavy laden, but this verse says burdened. We don't like burdened people in the church, Brother Vaughn. Burdened people in the church keep the worship down. And it's not exciting to be around them. But that's exactly who Jesus invites. Jesus invites the outsider to the party. Jesus tells the prodigal to come home. Jesus says to the wayward family member, come on back. It's okay. Your father's got something for you. He's got a robe. He's got a ring. He's got shoes. He'll, he'll make it all right for you. Just come on home. Jesus says in this verse, when you translate it, the word rest in the Greek is anaposis. It's better translated relief. Never thought about that before. We look out there and we see people living in sin and we think, well, they're just acting it up. No, they're not. They're trying to find relief. And it's not coming. It's not happening. They can't find it. That's why one week they're in this relationship. The next week they're in that relationship. That's why one week they're at this bar, the next week they're at that bar. And, and we say to ourselves, what is wrong with them? Here's what's wrong with them. They're trying to fill the void in their life with anything but Jesus. And Jesus said, I will give you rest. And I love it. This verse goes on to just declare some deep things. In Christ, there's a security that cannot be found in this world. We were in Texas when the first round of COVID hit. We had to cancel everything, just like you did here. But I heard about some families that I knew and what they went through and the turmoil. And I reminded myself of how wonderful it was when everything looked like it was bad and was going bad. I had a beautiful wife who sat at the dinner table with me, and we held hands. And we said, Jesus, we don't know what's going on out there, but we trust in you. And we had peace. We had peace when we went to bed. The news didn't look good every night. We, we, we kept turning it on, waiting for something to change, waiting for a good report. But even when there is no good report, can I tell the believer today, in this room right now, you can still walk through troubles and trials and have peace in your soul because you have met Jesus. You came to Him and you laid it at His feet and He gave you relief. The second thing, I just want to say this and I'll, I'll be done. It's 12.09, i got to get you out. The Baptists are going to raid the chicken shacks and we'll have nothing left to eat. Matthew 11.29, Jesus now explains the secret for finding rest is in Him. It is to exchange the yoke the world puts on you and instead put Christ's yoke upon you. Now when we say yoke today, nobody understands that word. Nobody can quite understand it. See, the secret secret to rest is not inactivity, it's the right activities. Jesus isn't saying, go home and do nothing and you'll find rest. Jesus is saying, do the right things and you'll find rest. He didn't say quit working. He said, put my yoke upon you. How, How do we know what his yoke is? Well, let's just look at Jesus' life. And let's see what Jesus did. Jesus said, learn of me in this verse. Let's learn of him this morning real quick. Jesus did not worry. Nowhere in scripture do you read that he worried. The only time we see him visibly upset is in the garden of Gethsemane before he's about to die. Let me put this in country terms for you. Birds don't get up in the morning and worry whether there will be enough worms that day. When you go home today, how many of you, your dogs will meet you at the door, and out of their mouth they will say, Oh, thank goodness you're home. I thought you might have died in a car wreck. I don't know. How many of you have a nervous dog and you have to give him pills? I mean, this this is what I'm saying. Do you ever see animals, when you get up in the morning, you look out your window, do you ever see the animals call a forest meeting to see how they're going to get all of the food laid up and supplied together for the rest of the week? You don't do it, do you? And yet Jesus said, look at the lilies of the field, how the toilet, they don't spin. We are the apple of his eye. Rest for the weary and rest for the workers. Some of you are working. Some of you have been serving God a long time. But even serving God a long time, you can get a little weary. You can get a little worn down. He said, learn of me. How do we learn of him? Because he prayed and he trusted God for everything. That's all you can do. Pray. Leave it at the feet of Jesus. He focused energy on right relationships. He looked each day for what he could give and not what he could get. He valued spiritual realities far above the things of this world. He sought to forgive, to love, to be patient, to heal. Jesus is saying, learn of me, take my yoke upon me. You know, I'm going to bring this to a close, and I want you to hear this. You cannot escape a yoke. A yoke is that old-fashioned. Now, maybe some of you know what it is, but there's certain generations don't know what a yoke is anymore. And every time I preach it, it makes me feel older. Amen. But as my brother said, I grew up in a state, the state called Maine, and I grew up in agriculture. And my grandparents were dairy farmers. Now, about 30 years ago, my family got smart and thought, you know what? It's cheaper to live in Florida. And that's where they all went. So I don't know where I'm from anymore, okay? Somebody, Pastor Jonathan, called me a halfback the other day when I told them that. They said, well, you come halfway back, so you're halfback. But uh, I, I grew up. Going to the county fair. Anybody ever go to the county fair? You go to the county fair, man, it's it's a blast. It's fun. Once you get the the fried dough boy is what we call them. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That dough that they fry up that makes you real fat. Glory to God. And then uh, your fried Oreos, what have you. You get you get it. You enjoy it. And my dad would just say, well, okay, son, let's go to the tractor pole. And we go to the tractor pole, man. And the tractor pole, oh, that's loud. It was a blast. It was great. It's great. I never had it. I probably can't hear my wife screaming at me sometimes because I never wore a pair of earplugs at the tractor pole. And those engines would blare. But after the tractor pole was done, then out would come the oxen. And they would have, how many are old enough to remember this, they would have what was called the oxen pole. And there's a big wooden piece of instrument, and there's a hole over here on this side for one of the oxen. And there's a hole over here for this side for one of those oxen. And they would put two oxen together and they would chain them up just like a trailer, just like a tractor. And they would pull. And brother, every year there was one farmer whose team always won every year because he had the oldest and he had the wisest. And every year I would watch as that one old wise cow would pull in that yoke and the young one would want to say, Oh, I want to go this way, I want to go that way, I wanna and, and after a while, about the second pull, the young one that is new to pulling the load would realize, you know, this load be a lot easier if I just pull with my partner. And what I'm trying to explain to some of you today is even though you may be a believer and know Jesus, there are times when you decide, I know I'm yoked up to you, Jesus, but it looks a little bit better over here. I know I'm yoked up to you, but it looks a little better. And what happens is we start pulling against Jesus' yoke in our life, and suddenly we invite unrest, we invite bitterness, we invite unforgiveness, we invite things that are not peaceful in our life. Why? Because we've decided we know better. I want to just tell Somebody, if you're a little weary today, just raise your hands and say, Lord, keep me yoked up with you. I know I've been pulling against the yokes in my life. I know I've been pulling against you, but God, bring me back into the fold. Stand with me all over this place today. If you need rest today, I want you to just lift both hands and begin to praise Him right now. If you need rest today, I want you to just lift both hands and begin to say, Father, I've been trying to get away from your yoke on my life, I've been pulling against you my sister right here raise your hands right there in the front row you sang on the praise team lift both hands lift both hands in the name of Jesus God I pray for rest for her right now Lord I pray for the peace of God that passeth all understanding right now worry you have to go fear you have to go in Jesus name oh I come against fear and worry I come against fear and worry my sister in the name of Jesus I pray for peace right now Lord you said you'd give us peace that passeth all understanding would guard our hearts and our minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. God, in the name of Jesus. I'll leave you with this today. No one who ever comes to Jesus leaves disappointed. The blind heard Him say, Come, and they went seeing. The lame heard him say, come, and they went walking. The lepers heard him say, come, and they went home healed. The woman at the well heard him say, come, and she went home a respectable person. You're going to love this one. The deaf heard him say, come, and their ears were opened at his command. The tax collector, Matthew, said, heard Jesus say, come, And he became one of the twelve. The dead man Lazarus heard him say come. And he got up and he walked out of the grave. I'm here to say whatever is going on in your life. Whatever problem you have. Just lift your hands and say Father I'm yoked up to you. I'm not going to leave this place disappointed. Because I know you're on my side. And if God be for us who can be against us? Who can separate us from the love of God? God we declare it today in Jesus precious name. Lord, I thank you for this congregation. I pray a prayer of blessing over them. Those that have raised their hands, God, that you'll begin to move in them. You'll begin to speak through them, Father, and that your Spirit will guide them today. In Jesus' name.
0: Your hands lifted all over the house. Sing this together, for He's all I need. We had a lot of promotions, and YWA, and I'm a big believer in youth camp. I've worked like, I think when I last counted, I've like 18 years consecutive working at least one week of youth camp in my lifetime. In fact, I, when I got the call to come pastor this church, I was in the middle of youth camp, thought I was in trouble because the state overseer called me, how a referee in basketball games, and said he needed to see me in his office. I thought I got fired. I thought if the state youth director at the time, Bishop Scotty Hager, came and got me, normally they fire you and send you home from youth camp. When the overseer calls you, you really must be in trouble if he's calling you from youth camp. And he said, that, uh, I had received the vote to come here and I was at youth camp. I told Bishop Hager, I said, you're going to have to give me a couple minutes to process that. You're going to have to find somebody else to do youth camp for a little bit. I, I've done, I just swapped jobs in 30 seconds. and didn't realize that was happening. I haven't even told my boss yet I quit. That was my father. It was going to be an interesting conversation when I got home. Love you, Dad. I'm quit. I mean, it was going to be interesting. But I, if you listen to the message today, I know we heard a lot about different things. And I'm excited to be back in the pulpit tonight and preach to you tonight. But y'all, you know, I've spent the last week. California with with Brianna, we walked all over that place, saw some beautiful sights, saw some beautiful landscapes, met some interesting people, California's got some, so does South Carolina, though, they walk among us, but you'd see people sitting there, and you'd see same-sex marriages. Or we were sitting at the Ghirardelli chocolate factory when two transgender people that were couples came walking in, sat, beside you, sat together eating chocolate. And we left there, I got in the car and ranna said, what's wrong? I said, nothing. She said, you're quiet. She said, normally you'd have made some smart, aleck comment or look, made some like pointed your finger that way or. You'd have been like, whew, she's had a rough life if that's who she is. And, and, you know, some comment, you hadn't said anything. We drove for a little while. We were stuck in traffic trying to get back to the airport. She said, I really want to know what you're thinking. I said, you really want to know? She said, yeah. I said, I feel sorry for them. They're so lost that don't even realize how lost they are. They don't realize how far GPS has gotten them off course and they don't even know how to get back to the right direction. I said, I know we're on vacation and I know my pastor hat's supposed to be taken off and I'm supposed to just turn the cell phone off and by that point I've called Sister Barnes because I found out she was sick. I've called Randy Carroll to find out what happened to church. She's like, you can't go on vacation with you, you're always still working. driving back to the airport, I said, what if I missed it? She said, what do you mean? I said, what if thou, God sent them to Ghirardelli, not for chocolate, but for me to tell them Jesus loved them, and I missed it. I missed it. She said, "John, we don't, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but we're, you know, we're on vacation, they don't they don't know us, and we don't, we don't want to make a spectacle in California and be on the news, and you know, we're just trying to hide and get out, you know, we're just here to see the sights of the Pacific Coast, and I said, but if I, we don't tell them, who will? If anybody that's been in this church long enough over the last few months knows anything about the vision that I felt God gave me for the 2023-2024 church year, it's, it's three things. One person, one family, and one community at a time. I can't reach a community if I don't reach a family in that community. And I can't reach a family in a community unless I at least get one person of a family in that community and reach them. Now, once I reach them, they may reach a family and then a community. We're all tired. I, I struggle with jet lag coming home. I had turbulent rides coming home. Nauseous. Had to take Dramamine. It was rough. I've, I've been in planes my whole life. I've flown thousands. I've, I've got sky miles. I've flown so much. I have never felt like that in a day of my life. I was praying. God, just get me off this thing. It was horrible. Some of you are tired. Some of you have got bad diagnosis. People like Mary Weaver is battling cancer and she's upbeat, but she's tired. She's tired of just constant medicine, constant chemotherapy, just constant. Some of you this week got disappointing news and reports from doctors, from family members people that you have come to know and love so dearly can I tell you it did not catch God off guard God knew about it before I did God knew about it before Mary Weaver ever got cancer God knew I know, I know Bishop Fickett didn't know that all that when he preached and stuff today but whether he preached it I preached it or some third party preached it can I tell you today really is all you need. He really is. You don't need another great message from a state official. You don't need to hear me preach. I tell you all the time, God can say more to you in five minutes than I could spend in 50 years serving as your senior pastor. I could preach till i blew blue in the face, pass out from exhaustion, and God could say it in 30 seconds and do more than I could have done in all my ministry. We've talked about all these revivals happening over. And I've often said to you the last couple weeks, why not here? Why not now? Why can't we? Why don't we see healings? Why, and I believe He still can. I believe that. Now I'm gonna probably get myself in trouble. You can be seated here just for a moment before we pray. I'm gonna get myself in trouble, but you know me. I don't like to make friends. I'm an, I'm an introvert. I don't, I'm not an extrovert. I don't like people. I'm very quiet, and bashful. I don't. I'm very reserved. I'm normally seen, but not heard ever. I'm gonna get myself in trouble. I'm gonna borrow that microphone from you. Now you know all the stories of what's going on, and I told you about Mary Weaver and all this stuff. While I was gone, I get this report. I'm only two days into vacation. I get a call or a text from Brother Randy. He says, Pastor, I hate to really bother you. I know you're just probably not even gotten. First day in California under your belt. And I need you to know some things. So, Brother James ends up in the ER. He's got blood and, and his, his urine. He's he in a lot of pain. He started telling me all this stuff, and many of you know my wife's a nurse. I got off the phone, she could tell I was distraught. Reading the text message, she could tell I was distraught, so I started telling what was happening. She said, John, that doesn't sound good good when you have that that's just not normally a good sign when you have blood and and things like that and i began to do what probably many of you would have done i started thinking cancer it's the first word that came to my mind i thought oh god oh god i'm already walking it with sister mary weaver and others and we've seen others like bonnie that this over the last year has passed away and i started thinking oh god you can't take jesus from our church James had that beautiful Jesus locks of love hair, and I was like, God, I'm the only person in this community that can say Jesus attends their church, literally. That's You can't do that to me, God. I started worrying. I started getting reports about baby Mason not being able to have his procedure in Cincinnati because the catheter malfunction. I thought, oh, God, Brooke and Jeannie and all them, they can't deal with this again. I didn't hear any more. Brother James, come here for me if you don't mind, buddy. He looks different. That really is James. He just cut his hair off. Jesus got a haircut. He donated it to Locks of Love, I think, or some organization. So somebody's going to get nice Jesus hair, courtesy of Jesus. Um, But for every one of you this morning that heard this message and you think, I don't know how much longer I can do this and what God, where's God? Tell them where God is.
5: He's right here, always with us like he said I was bleeding and even I was worried about having cancer I didn't know what I was going to tell tell my grandchildren or my daughter but um, I went for a CT scan and they did all the blood work and everything and uh, I come to Bible study Wednesday night I was bleeding really bad when I left here But I went home, I prayed that if he didn't heal me, at least strengthen me. And I got up and usually in the morning, it was the worst time that I was bleeding. And my urologist was worried about me having cancer. So she had the CT scan done and a bunch of blood work done and set up an appointment for me to see her this past Friday. And when I walked into her office, she looked at me and she says you really don't need me no more do you I said no I guess not I said because God healed me I'm not bleeding no more she said well I looked at your PSAs all the blood work and the CT scan and what the doctors that looked at it said and she said everything is clear and normal and so it's truly believe it's God and we should glorify him I hear so many people when they go to see doctors and stuff they glorify a doctor or the medicine that a doctors gave them not realizing that our God's a jealous God and we owe him the glory of any healing even when we suffer we still owe him glory because he's there and he's our God and he'll always be with us no matter what no matter what we've done or what we've said he loves us he cares for us and if we really and truly follow him we'll always glorify him and I do this day and every day thank him I can never thank him enough for what he's done in my life Pastor, why would you take 10 minutes extra service before we leave?
0: You know we're ready to eat. You know we're hungry. You know we're wanting to go home. We know know you're going to preach tonight, so why would you do that? Some of you don't come back on Sunday night. That's another topic for another day. This is my chance. I've been out the last two weeks. It's that that urge. It's my chance. I'm going to tell you why I took 10 minutes. Because there are people in this room that need to know God is still God, and he does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And the situations in your life that look like they're dead, even if they seem dead, God resurrects dead things. And things that look dark and bleak, God is the light of the world, a city center, he can light up the things that are in your dark places. Some folks need to leave today, before they leave this place, they need to be reminded when they get in their car, even if they don't make it back tonight, they need to know He is all they need. You don't need a urologist. Sometimes you go to urologist, but you don't need a urologist. You don't need an oncologist. They're great to have when you need them. But I'm telling you, there's a name you can call on when there's not an oncologist on call. And there's a name you can call on when there's not a urologist on call. It can be at midnight or it can be in daybreak. You can call on the name of Jesus. He is all you need. Can I come all the way back from California to tell you that God is still God? God is still in control. And God's getting ready to show up and show out in your situation. And And he's getting ready to change everything you know. He's all you need. Let's stand all over the house. Brother Randy, as you make your way, let me pray my pastoral prayer over you today before Brother Randy prays the benedictory prayer. Let's bow together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Lift up your countenance towards you and give you the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding and guard your hearts again. May the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart be acceptable and pleasing in the sight of our Lord. Our blessed Savior, strength, and Redeemer, in Christ's name we pray. Brother Randy, as you pray.
3: Kind heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise you for this word and for word we got today. Help us to take these words.